It is Thursday night. It is 8 p.m. And it means your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is live, folks. How are you doing, everybody? It's Will. I got the giant crab here with me. And we got a lot to get into tonight, including the four pillars, Bella Twins, no more, uh, rumors about Bray Wyatt, what's going on with him, and more AEW TV possibly even coming. We got a lot to talk about, folks. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we're going to get into it right after this. Everybody, it is Thursday night, and your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is here. It is Season 3, Episode 7. I am Will. I got the giant crab, Jamal, here with me. How is it going? Uh, it's going. Um, a lot of things are happening. You know, WrestleMania is coming up in, what, two weeks? Um, and there's a slew of indie events that I'm compiling to, you know, get that for you for next week. So, a lot going on. That's right. We will be into the full... Uh, indie onslaught around mania very soon so that gives us a lot of indie showcase events to be showcasing very shortly on our halftime indie showcase coming up later tonight and in the weeks to come so yeah lots of stuff happening a lot of the guys are out tonight a busy time of year but we are here holding down the fort and we got some stuff to talk about it's been an interesting couple few days there's not like i think a big big mega like you know huge story this week but there's definitely Things happening, and there was a lot of chatter today about our first topic. Mm-hmm. AEW opened Dynamite last night in a very interesting manner, and it got a lot of people talking. I, I don't know. You said you just watched it before we uh, went on the air. Yeah, about 20 minutes ago, because I didn't okay. see Dynamite last night. Why? Okay. M- maybe since you just watched it, did you want to set the table here for like how how exactly Dynamite opened last night and the approach they brought us? So it's um, Maxwell Jacob Friedman's re-bar mitzvah, uh, which is mm-hmm. apparently a thing you can do. And uh, because actually it was his birthday yesterday. So that was, you know, an interesting coincidence. But he's out there and it's MJF. So uh, you know what you're going to get. And then he's cut off by Jungle Boy, by Sammy Guevara, by Darby Allen, who got mm-hmm. a really great reaction Darby Allen did specifically from the crowd in Winnipeg, uh, debut in Winnipeg. So everybody, you know, has their spiel about why they deserve to be champion. Uh, you know, Jungle Boy really hasn't gotten a fair shake since he showed so much promise in the very beginning, but then the pandemic hit, he got relegated to dark. It is what it is. And then he had this very long feud with Christian and, you know, he's kind of not necessarily throwing the company under the bus, but the truth is very simply is that he didn't go on the run that he thought that he should have. And Friedman did because of the fact that he was supposed to be one of those guys, maybe not the guy, but one of those guys in that conversation about who's going to lead AEW, a pillar of the company, you you would say. And Sammy Guevara is there, of course, because he's also one of those young guys who was supposed to be out there and made a name for himself. And though his ceiling for because of reasons um, was a TNT championship reign that he got three times. We, you know, tend to forget that it was in a very long-winded feud with Scorpio Sky. But either way, it, it, he's a three-time champion, one of the few in the company. And that's also a sticking point against the company where it's just like, if I'm supposed to be the guy, then my ceiling is the TNT championship. But, you know, that's why I deserve to be elevated. You know, give me a title shot. And then Darby, who... You know, I've just for, I've forgotten about, uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's been um, a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a minute. But Darby came out, no skateboard, no sting. 
And he says, well, listen, unlike both of you guys to, um, uh, or everyone else in the ring, basically, uh, I, wrestling wasn't my first love. It was film, and I was in film school, and then and my teacher said, this won't fly. You got to change everything else about you and, in order to make it. And he said, well, I guess I'm done here because I'm going to drop out. And he did. And then he said, well, my next love is wrestling. And AEW allows him to be himself in the ring, you know, outside of the ring. And it that's something that, you know, the other three won't understand. That, you know, they've had everything handed to them. They have movie star parents. They have, you know, busted their ass in the indies. They have the machine of the company working for them. And Darby's, you know, kind of had to go and figure it out for himself. And then he said something really peculiar where he's like, well, you know, all of these guys, I'm just really happy to be here because this place, unlike other places, allows me to be me. And I hear so many people in the back bitching and moaning on Twitter about mm -hmm. things, about how they want to leave the company, about how they're not happy with this and how they're not happy with that. And I'm just so happy to be here because this is the place that I need to be. So it's not really about them and it's not really about any of you guys. I want to be the guy that's going to leave the company because what this company is, is more me than it is you guys. We don't want establishment wrestling anymore. We don't want um, the same old saying. We don't want a person that's been just built by the machine to be the guy. We want me. And that's a, the first time I really heard Darby speak for himself in that manner. Not necessarily that he's tooting his own horn because he's not like this braggadocious guy, but more to the point of, no, nah, fuck that. You know, I, if I'm gonna, uh, if I'm gonna be here, you know, I see something bigger for myself than just being here. Being here isn't good enough, is what he seems to be telling us at home. But all four of them do make it a point to kind of greatly infer of the company's shortcomings. And yes, that's literally what everybody is going to do anyway, before, during, and after the show, because. The number one pastime for wrestling fans is hating wrestling. Uh, <laughs> wrestling second, it's third. Um, the second greatest pastime for wrestling fans is comparing wrestling to other wrestling. And then third, maybe watching the product. But the long and short of it is, is that you have these four guys that in each four uh, corners of the ring, the four pillars of AEW, uh, you know, kicking off the show. And it's kind of like, on one hand, yes. More of this, please, because this is, you know, these are the guys that we say they are. These are the pillars. These are the new guys. This is what we want to see as the company grows forward and moves on past the establishment guys that got them there. The Jerichos, the Bryans, the Punks, the, um, the, the elite. And move on to the future with the young guys. But then it's also like, did they throw themselves under the bus? Like, did they do this? Did they, you know do this by saying that this isn't, this place has so many of the same shortcomings that a lot of the criticisms are about the lack of vision that AEW seems to have for these guys, which I thought was a very interesting thing is that this segment, number one, was 12 and a half minutes. It was long. It went on quite a while. That's, yeah, don't do that in a two-hour show. That's insane. Well, it felt a lot like a, the opening to Raw back in the day. We right. have like a Triple H right. twenty minute promo and people coming out and getting uh, their getting their their uh, spots in. Very sports entertainment. Yeah, but but I guess and this is the question. Um, and, and from my biggest takeaway was, yes, it is good to see this very contrived um, you know visual of the four pillars of AEW. And again, not my designation. I don't know who the hell made it up, but it's a thing now, and it's canon because it happened last night. But, yes, the visual of the four pillars of AEW in the ring vying for the championship is what you want. Did they have to kind of shoot themselves in the foot and complain about the dirty little secrets and, and somewhat confirm the known knowns if you pay attention to the dirt sheets in the process to get there? Yeah. And I don't think that they did. I don't think that that's something that they had to do. And all four of them did. And yeah. it's an interesting way to go about that.
Yeah, it, it created the conversation today about did the four pillars bury AEW or did they, you know, did they hurt the image of the company by bringing up, you know, they essentially pointed to like, you know, various warts and foibles over the years. And, right. you know, when you when you got Jungle Boy there saying, I've been stuck on YouTube, essentially, more or less is what he said. Like, it, 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 it makes things kind of weird. And when you start bringing up people being unhappy and not wanting to be here, it Reminds me of WCW 2000, mm. where everything became, you know, you got the Russo, you know, work shoot stuff going on. And you got like, you know, Kevin Nash trying to be Mr. Cool saying, you know, I'm going to say the stuff you're not supposed to say. I'm going to say the things that, you know, people are saying online. And in reality, it's not really helping your your, your product. That's, that's the thing. If you're going to bring these things up, right. where is the upside to bringing them up? in the course of your show. You're not doing this in an interview. You're not doing this like, you know, offline yes, this is in some other format. Yeah, this is in canon as part of the show. Yes. So in canon and part of the show, if they wanted to make an issue of it now, it's like, w- where's the confrontation with, uh, you know, is this leading to a confrontation with Tony Khan? Where like Jungle Boy goes in like, you- you've wasted me, you know, <laughs> so, right. or some crap like that, you know? Which kind of makes me wonder. And I will always think this for as long as the show is around. You know, they are coming out with, and we're going to talk about this, you know, a different, the other AEW television news later, but it did make me think of the AEW show that is coming. Um, that is the uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, we don't know. I don't know if it's going to be more Total Divas or if it's going to be Hard Knocks. The all Access. As right. I mean, with All Access is, Road to the Top was technically All Access, but the question right. is, what's the presentation going to be? Is it going to be a documentary or is it going to be a scripted, you know, Total Divas type of a deal? Um, and Roads to the Top was a mix of both. There were real things that were happening. There were obviously some scripted bits that were like, okay, come on. And they, and these narratives that they had to push outside of the, um, outside of the ring. I don't know if it's going to be that, but considering that that is a thing. And now that we have these moments playing out on TV, are they making these segments on TV kind of to backfill this show? To kind of go, oh, they said the things that you can't say on TV per the culture of wrestling. And then we cut to an angry Tony Khan back there berating all four guys in six months when that that episode airs. (laughs) Because that's kind of how I watched Roads to the Top. When it was like, oh, no, I remember this. I was there in Jacksonville when they had the Ogogo segment with the um, the weigh-in. And it was terrible. Right. And then, of course, that necessarily wasn't planned to go that way. And everybody knew that it wasn't planned to go that way. But yet we saw what happened with the backstage reaction was immediately. And it was as bad as we thought it was. I wonder if these elements are being contrived to backfill content for the reality show. Maybe. Because maybe, I think- yeah, maybe, they're, maybe they're trying to, like, start to get the idea out there that, hey, we're going to we're going to bring up these things. But again, it goes, what is the benefit of bringing up negative aspects of your company like that publicly? That's the which part is, I can't wrap my head Which on. is kind of why I leaned on the show itself because I can definitely see in like a BTE kind of a way, right? Where being the elite kind of uh, creates this alternative universe uh, of why we see the matches uh, that we see on TV. You know, it's not canon, but it's you know, this alternate reality of what AEW is. Right. And then it co- coincides with what we see on TV. All right, cool. Yeah. I wonder if they're doing a similar thing where the show is the show. And then, of course, they're putting certain things in the show knowing that they're going to get this reaction backstage, which is, of course, fodder for the, the, uh, the, the next thing. So... If something controversial happens on TV and their cameras immediately to record it for content for the new show, I really wonder if they're starting to take that into account when they plan these things. Because the segment itself doesn't necessarily make sense. You have Freeman, who's really needs a challenge, uh, a challenger to go into the next pay-per-view, which is in two months. Jungle Boy's not doing anything. Sammy's busy with JAS stuff. And uh, Darby hasn't been seen in months. It feels like months, at least. And then all of a sudden, we have this segment that really doesn't have a conclusion. No 
It ended, we of course. Wanna, we all, but it's unresolved. Yeah, everybody yeah. wants a tower shot. Yeah. Okay. Well, what happens now? You know, are they going to have a four way at the at the at the uh, thing? Well, why would they do that if Friedman made Brian jump through hoops for six weeks to get a one on one match? Um, you know, storyline wise, it it just doesn't make a lot of sense unless this is kind of being backfilled by the show, and we obviously won't know that. And I'm happy to happy to be wrong on this. We won't know that until that episode airs, but it is very interesting that we're seeing in the promos for that show um, some of the very spicy tidbits that are not on TV. There are backstage at the media scrums that are some of the things that were reported were not necessarily seen, but ah, damn, there's a camera there. Right. I wonder if they're kind of leaning on that for, for content. Maybe. I mean, the, the the original question was, did they bury AEW? I don't think they buried AEW. No. And if this is like a long game where the idea is, hey, we're going to start, you know, this was the first bit of us pulling back the curtain some, then, you know, in a few weeks, we may be looking back at this as like, okay, yeah, this was like the first little bit of that. And this is like, clearly this was designed to be this. Honestly, the biggest thing that jumped out at me when they, because I think this was like you just mentioned, this was very out of nowhere. All right. of a sudden, it's like, hey, let's get these, let's get these four guys in the ring. The people that you know, the internet has called for a, a, a while now. Yeah, like I don't know why in the AEW okay. circles, like they've been anointed as the four pillars, and and I thought about it, like you know, I, I've always heard that, and I never really thought too much of it, and I got the idea, okay, yeah, that's like the the young guys, the people that are they're viewing kind of as a lot of folks view them as the homegrown guys of AEW, regardless right. of where they came from before this, and because... the guys that weren't established names. But what jumped out at me, seeing them all in the ring together last night for that first time, and hearing them going around, regardless of what they were saying, the first thing that jumped out at me was like, how are you going and calling these guys pillars? When outside of MJF and maybe Darby for a hot minute here and there, the four of them have not, like especially Jungle Boy, they have not been in a, in a position to hold things up in that company in a major way. To be a pillar, you have to actually be used in that manner. Well, to and be it's fair. Like, down the road, I guess the idea is that happened. But I'm like, I wouldn't call those guys pillars. To be fair, though, that's MJF. kind of the point. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of their point. You know, um, you know, you Darby haven't had the like, opportunity to be pillars. Yeah, Darby was like, well, it's, I didn't get the opportunities that you have, you know, MJF. Right. Jungle Boy literally said I was on dark. Um, and Sammy was like, well, I didn't have to kiss ass. You know, I bust my ass on Indies to get here. I don't know why the pillar thing is stupid because why would you have young pillars for an old house? You know, the, the yeah. foundation needs to go up together. Yeah. That's how. And they're certainly not equal. So it's like, no, so that's the whole thing. And that should be MJF's whole thing. I'm the only one that's a pillar here, which the, is why he said, I'm the only one that's a draw. Yeah, um, exactly. or I'm the only one that's a star. But yeah. so, like, the whole pillar thing is ridiculous, especially since the companies are three ish years old. And we're talking about the, if you're looking at the, the pillars, the actual pillars of AEW, it's like, well, who do you think of most when you think of AEW? And that would be Jericho, that would be Box. Adam Page. Uh, Sure. If we're doing four, he's got to be one of them. Sure. Maybe he's, a, he's more like the sump pump or something. I don't know. But uh, but, but fine. If you, if you want to give charity to one. He's then. at least been in the position and had like, you know, and been leaned on heavily. Well, I, well I, you know, and, and you know, all hatred aside, yes, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, so those three and then maybe another one would be Kenny. Um, as much yeah. as I wouldn't like to say that either, but it is what it is. Um so if you if there were to be four pillars, and that's even debatable, because you know I think QT should be in that conversation as well. But the bottom line is is that um, somebody could say Adam Page, somebody could say either of the Young Bucks, somebody could say the Lucha Brothers. Hey, fuck, somebody could still say Cody Rhodes. But the the but to say Jungle Boy is kind of like maybe you don't know what a pillar is. Maybe you mean like drywall, but right. not necessarily <laughs> a pillar that's holding up the building um, in like a Greek classical style. Uh, so I just thought the whole and, and the fact that you said that this that the segment opened the show is even more bizarre because none of these four guys have ties to anything other than they want a title shot, which would have made sense, but they did away with the rankings. So now they're just out here. There's no context for them to be out here other than they the internet said that they're pillars for some reason. And and they want a title shot, and that's it. There we go. I guess we will see. 
time will tell if I, i'm curious about your idea of that about it tying in to the uh, all access show if that yeah. becomes a thing or not this is one of those things that i could just as easily see like next week they just forget about it and it's just and it just moves on and the way aew does sometimes where things are just like randomly forgotten about and then the, the four of them are still looking for the three guys are still looking for a title shot with mjf but this aspect of it is just not mentioned again but in other comings and goings, we had uh, some interesting uh, out of nowhere also news this week on a Tuesday when the Bellas are no more. Suddenly, we've had the announcement that uh, the Bella Twins, Nicole and Brianna, are no longer the Bell- Bella Twins and are now going to be going by their actual surname, Garcia. So they're going to be the Garcia Twins now. I was thinking they should have went with Garcia girls. I was thinking personally for the alliteration, but that's just me. But goodbye, Bellas. Hello, Garcias. And this also clearly means the end of their affiliation with WWE. They are they are free. Can't use that name no more. Can't use that name no more. And they made it very clear in their deal that uh, they are entering their next chapter, which I would think also probably doesn't include. E uh, reality television. They, uh, they had their uh, podcast apparently that immediately changed its name. Also, so right. they're they are moving into a new chapter in their lives. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, as a person that doesn't follow them, I didn't realize how many different uh, hands and, and hats they had. You know, they 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 were into a lot, and that you know, with the podcast, with uh, different shows that they're producing. Um, you know, maybe they will get deals, but those deals would not be brokered under the good graces of WWE. That doesn't mean they still can't be done. Uh, will they wrestle again? Probably not. And they don't really have to. Uh, is there something, is there room for them in wrestling? Of course there are. Because surprisingly, to me at least, they have a massive following. Yes, uh, they they're really very well known. Yeah, they, this, their star burned bright. It didn't burn long. And even still, they were able to come away with the career that they had you know, both individually and together. So I am not surprised that they're continuing a foray into uh, the next chapter of their entertainment career, but I am surprised that uh, it's happening so quickly. But then again, to be fair, I mean, um, Brie had her kid and the kid's, you know, a few years old now. Um, You know, Nikki, I believe, had a kid. And yes. You know, and that's, you know, kids a few years old now. So now that they have that under their belt and they are out of the um, that initial shock phase of, oh, my God, you know, where did this kid come from? Um, you're able to adjust and, and to settle and to figure it out and and good on them. You know, I may not consume the product, but uh, millions of people do. And there's a market for it and somebody's going to pay them for it handsomely. So good on them for that. Yeah, I just had to look how long that darn uh total divas run was there were nine seasons of course there a were. total divas and that doesn't even take into account when it got spun off into a uh, total bellas right when they got their own show and they tried to keep divas going and then they also nikki just had a four episode wedding special on e that just uh wrapped which i guess is probably the the i guess the end of probably their deal with e at least at least as the bellas like you were right. saying there there has to be a way i'm sure if they wanted to keep doing stuff with them that it could be done without the bellas name but I, part of me gets the feeling that when you hear nine seasons you hear uh multiple shows like that it's kind of like you've really you you've you've ridden that horse you've you've really kind of mined that whole you know product to the point that, okay we, we've seen them we've seen them get married we've seen them have kids I, at this point i guess it would just be you know them being moms and stuff i don't know how much you know juice is left there to squeeze as far as the bellas go or i guess the garcias now i should get used to well, calling them the garcias well i, mean, I, I would have said that after the second season of total divas and mm. you said they went seven more than that I yeah. would have said that after, you know, the uh, first season of Total Bellas, and they went, what, three or four seasons with that. I would have said that when uh, John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella didn't get married. But no, they had a whole damn show after that. So, yeah, it you know, I, I'm not going to underestimate their ability to uh, create content for their base. And their base is, well, uh, pretty large and pretty uh, devoted. So that means dollar signs to investors. And there's more than enough content out. There's more than enough places for them to land right now 
because just because they don't have a thing on E doesn't mean that they can't, you know, learn land a deal on Discovery Plus or right. land a deal on or some other um, TLC over the top streaming or service. something. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. just occurred to me. Probably this means I can't see NBC, NBC Universal probably doing something with them at this point, but it would probably, there's got to be opportunities elsewhere between streaming services. Right. There's, there's definitely stuff out there. Yeah. Right? They can definitely host the, a game show. Um, oh, easily. Easily. You know, or, uh, and they already host a podcast. So uh, I'm not, yeah, they definitely can do things in the, inter, in the fringes of entertainment uh, to whatever degree they choose. Um, it's just that, I think this is a bigger deal for people because they've changed their name from the Bellas to uh, the Garcias. And I think that may be a bit jarring for non-wrestling fans that understand how that works. That's not a big deal yeah. to us. But if That's you grew true. up watching Total Bellas, you're like, why are you a Garcia now? Yeah. That's the thing. There's a lot of people that know them more so as reality show girls yeah. than as wrestlers the wrestling was incidental it was the reality show that they know him from right you know so it's like that that's a whole different dynamic it's like why can't they be the bellas anymore so yeah that i could see that yeah that's that's a really good point because they did she uh nikki did dancing with the stars she's done all kinds of like you know ancillary other shows where it's just like she's been in a lot of different things so I'm, I'll be curious to see where they land and what they end up doing after this. I don't, I can't see them doing any wrestling other than maybe a one-off here or there. Of course, the Amelia people be like, they're going to go to AEW. And I'm like, I don't see them why would, wrestling full-time. Do I, I don't see them wrestling full-time at this point. Oh, yeah. If, if, if they're going to wrestle, you know, they, they just done showing up at the Royal Rumble. It's like they, they were into doing one-off appearances here and there. And I can't see anything more than that at this point. And if they would even do it anywhere else, I'm just not sure. If anything, reality TV, game show stuff, that's probably about where where, where the future lies for them, I think. I could be wrong, though. Who knows? Well, but it's weird because they made their announcement a couple of days ago on their show on Sirius XM, mm -hmm. which I didn't know existed. But apparently that's a thing. So somebody's paying them something. So, I mean, is it, yeah. I'm not... Uh, I'm not particularly concerned that they're going to go broke because WWE isn't paying them anymore, but um, they definitely has a lot of different hats in the ring and, and you know, good for them because uh, you got to get it while you can. And oh, absolutely. The, as, as we all well know, the wrestling business is very short. It burns bright. It burns fast. So they, they've been smart to, they have many revenue streams. They have wine. They have, I know they have an underwear line. They got a, they said podcast. They, they, those, I, I am not unfamiliar with the darn divas show. There's many a night where that'd be like late night viewing, getting home and just kind of throwing something on the TV and just being like, damn, now they're doing this. Now they're doing this. It's like they had definitely, their mom was very uh, instrumental in getting them into a lot of different, like other revenue streams. So they're 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 sharp girls so they're Absolutely. gonna they're 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 gonna they're gonna be doing stuff for sure it's just a matter of where i'll be curious to see yeah. all right at this point i'm thinking we take our mid-show break yep. and then when we get back we'll have the uh of course our indie spotlight and then after what do you think which which one we want to hit after this we got there's a lot of talk about bray wyatt there's of course that talk about aew tv i guess we, we get all that in the second half yep. of the show when we come back, but stay with us, folks. Your big old belt wrestling podcast is here. It's Thursday night. We're having a good time and we will be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out big old belt media. We're the ultimate destination for all things, entertainment and media with the latest news interviews and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, 
Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Yes, indeed. BigGoldBelt.com for all your entertainment needs of various sorts. And when we come back from halftime, we always like to check out what's going on in the indies as we head towards WrestleMania season. So here's the Giant Crab with Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast Indie Spotlight. Uh, to this week, we're going to go up to the bitterness, uh, the cold, the freezing tundra of Yarmouth, Maine for Limitless Wrestling. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, it's cold as hell up there. Don't think it's not. Uh, they're, they're having a show called uh, Reasonable Doubt. Uh, and then it's March the 25th, that, not this weekend, but next weekend, March 25th, at the Yarmouth Am Vets. That's 148 North Road in Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, doors open at 7. The bell time is 7.30. Uh, AC Baby, Ace Romero, is their champion. Um, so he's going to be in action. Two Core Scorpio is still doing it. How is that man not on TV? But, um, you know, he's, no, he's still, he's still getting it done. He's still like, getting for it real. Um, you know, versus Desmond Cole, which is going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, Rachel Ellerin versus uh, versus Becca, and uh, a lot more happening in that match in Yarmouth, Maine. Ticket starts at twenty, but uh, you need to get up there to the Yarmouth and Vets. You have a week to do it. That is March twenty fifth, a Saturday. Reasonable doubt, and it's the actual the debut of Two Cold Scorpio, who's just making the towns, man. You know, if you haven't seen him live, then uh, you're, you're really missing out because he still got it. You know, at absolutely. Years old. But uh, yeah, a reasonable doubt. Tickets start at 20, uh, Yarmouth, Maine for Limitless Wrestling. Uh, doors open at 7. Bell First bell is at 7.30. And uh, you can find all your tickets and information at LimitlessWrestling.com. Uh, you can find them out there on the Twitter machine at LWMaine. But uh, it's Reasonable Doubt, March 25th for Limitless Wrestling and the Indie Spotlight for this week. There we go. Like like you just mentioned, I will co-sign on that. Too Cold Scorpio is still getting it done. That man can move. He can still fly. And I don't know, he's not a fountain of youth or something. Yeah. Because he is he is moving way better than you would ever expect a guy his age that wrestled the style he did to be moving. So while you can, if you have a chance to see Too Cold Scorpio in your town, do it. Do you it will right not now. be disappointed. Yes, absolutely. All right. I'm thinking, let's tackle this Bray Wyatt situation. Well, I mean, somebody has to. Because <laughs> that definitely broke this weekend. I had almost forgotten about it. It's been a couple days now that uh, rumors came out. I, well, I guess, I guess it stems from last weekend. WWE was in Madison Square Garden, and he was originally booked for the show, and he did not show for it. He was not there. I think it was on Sunday that they ran the Garden. And he was not there for the house show. He was not there. And he has not been seen on TV uh, live and in person in a couple weeks. He had done some video appearances, uh, teasing stuff with Lashley for WrestleMania. But he hasn't been there like in the building for uh, a couple weeks. So it was noticeable that something was up with Bray Wyatt. And the latest I had heard uh, was that uh he's the horse are rumors right away that he's gone he, he's upset he's gone he's walking out he's getting out of here and then by the next day that was getting walked back and more so turned into there's an issue of some sort but it's not major and the lashley match is allegedly still on and he's not going anywhere but that said as we see here tonight uh he has still not shown up on tv so i'm waiting to see you know i want to see proof in a concept and actually see the guy to really believe that you know things are still proceeding but this begs the bigger question what what does wwe do with uh bray wyatt here in 2023 we are uh months now into this reboot for him this relaunch he's had one match at the royal rumble his uh mountain dew uh pitch black thing Mm -hmm. and uh you know some house show matches here and there but what what do you do with the guy i i I want you. I want to let you jump in here first, since I set the table. What, well, what, what do you think of this whole situation? I, I, I think uh, honestly, we're kind of seeing what was always thought backstage. Uh, the crowd, the fans, and, and you know they're fans, so they're going to think the best of of him. But the fans were kind of thinking that nah, Vince is holding him back. Um, you know, it had to be Vince because yeah, maybe Husky Harris didn't work. And, and that's fine, but he came back as Bray Wyatt, and and damn it, he's been on a, on a roll ever since. Well, 
yes and no. The Wyatt family got stale. That broke up. The Alexa Bliss thing was cute for a little while. That broke up. You know, um, Firefly Funhouse had some moments, but overall, uh, not great. And then he went away. Hype return, came back. Oh, well, it must be Triple H because Triple H just doesn't know what they have with him. They just need to let him be him. Okay, cool. We've seen that. And maybe this is the new Bray Wyatt where he was able to create and create and create. And this is the result that we got. The long and short of it is, is that maybe Bray is incapable of giving WWE what they need nowadays. Now, when we months ago, six-ish months ago, we were talking about where Bray should go. I kept saying Impact. And you and, and you guys laughed because there's no way in the hell the Impact's going to play him. And I also said the Impact should move heaven and earth to bring him in because he fits what they're trying to do. Those cinematic backstage conversations where the camera's obviously there, but nobody's supposed to pay attention to it. That's mm-hmm. great. Those uh, characters like um, Crazy Steve and Rosemary, um, mm-hmm. Sammy Callahan, you know, Bray Wyatt fits in that group. Absolutely. Now, that's also assuming that Wyndham wants to be Bray Wyatt again. Now, how do we know that Wyndham didn't come back and go like, okay, I have an idea. Cool. Is it Bray Wyatt? Yes. It is now. And he's just going through the motions because this, because his vision and the company's vision fell apart. And he just has to stick it out because contracts are contracts. And the rent still is due. So the question was, what do we do with Bray Wyatt? Honestly, if they're not going to if they're not going to um, play him, they got to cut him. Now, he's been working the house show circuit, and that is what it is. But this is clearly not the revamped product that people thought they were getting. This is not the revamped product that WWE, um, you know, was selling the fans. And I think... Whatever he decides to do, uh, maybe he needs he's one of those guys that needs total autonomy over his craft. He can't be managed, not even micromanaged. You can't just you just gotta let him do it. You either like it or you don't. You gotta let him Jeez. Do what the kids say. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's where he is in his in his career, where he just is going to do or and or he's not. It's all or nothing with him. And I'm not saying that. WWE is obligated to stick with them. They're not. Because honestly, they've moved on from that too. Um, they don't really need a Bray Wyatt anymore when the bloodline is such a huge factor. When Cody Rhodes is back, and he's another big character, they've moved on from that thing. They don't need to do that anymore. Judgment Day has kind of taken over that kind of dark and... Um, you know, high concept character kind of a role. And he can't go to NXT. So where does he fit into the company? And I don't think he does anymore. So I think uh, he, you know, plays out the rest of his contract, whatever that looks like. And then he rides off into the sunset with JoJo. Mm, yeah, see, I think the, the big, cool. the, bit, the big issue that was jumping out at me, which was the problem he was having before when he was doing the whole Fiend thing was he has these big high concept ideas for characters and a lot of mythology around him, a lot of lore, as people mm-hmm. like to say online mm-hmm. regarding him. There's the Bray Wyatt lore. There's all this, you know, involved storytelling and all this. But the undoing always ends up being once he has to actually have a match and translate this into a match. And the issue with the fiend, of course, that the fiend, he just had the fiend made out to be so damn powerful that no one could have a match with him without looking foolish. And it just, mm-hmm. I mean, God, the, the, the things it did to Seth Rollins, it just derailed Seth well, Rollins. Wait, wasn't that the Hell in a Cell time. DQ with the fiend and Seth Rollins? Yes. Okay. With the red lights and all that. And just, yeah, yeah it was, it was just a mess. And they, they did that. And I think they quickly realized they were just like, when we try to put this guy actually into a match, it's like, you got him so overpowered that either every, anyone he's against isn't going to look good against him. It's going to hurt his opponent. His opponent's not going to come out of it looking any good. And then on the flip side, if you dial his shit down, then that doesn't work because it's just kind of like, what's this like? What, what is he? Is he a clown? Is he like, what, what's, what, what exactly? 
you know, his character doesn't work then without all the bells and whistles. Right. And that's kind of what it is. His character really just doesn't work. He's supposed to be Freddy Krueger. And Freddy yeah. Krueger isn't something that you can kill, beat, and move on. He's always persistent. He's always omnipotent. And and that's why he kills these dumbass teenage kids all the time. But it's wrestling. So when you show up in Topeka next week and Bray Wyatt's there again, or you have this three-month-long feud with uh, you know Seth Rollins until the next big five pay-per-view, it, it's like it doesn't help. Uh, that story, you can't tell that's when well, I can, but you, you don't tell that story in a wrestling capacity. Um, he's a video game character. And then there is the wrestling. You know, after all of these things and the supernatural stuff, and then you ring the bell, like like all of these things that's supposed to matter, and he's supposed to be, you know, uh, transversing the multiverse with him and Bliss, and he has this goofy show and whatever, and then he's still confined to, like, wrestling rules. Right. <laughs> you know, like he's able, you know, I, I mean, that, but that's kind of the thing. Like, it doesn't really make sense that we're going to do all of these things that are so far outside of the scope and parameters of what wrestling is. And then the payoff is in a wrestling ring. Why would he care about, he's a supernatural being from uh, the seventh ring of hell, but he can get DQ. Right. That's the He's going to stop and listen to a referee. He's going right. you know. like, you know, <laughs> like, like to, there's no one more powerful than the fiend except Mike Chioda. Like right. it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's the biggest issue to me. And like, I think enough people have seen it now. There, there was the rumors that you know they they the the topic of him and Brock Lesnar having a match at WrestleMania was brought up, and Brock was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> and right. I, I I can't blame Brock on that because it's like if you've seen what's happened to other people who've worked with him, it's like when was the last time someone came out of working with Bray Wyatt? And it directly benefited them. I had some people say L.A. Knight after this last one, just because L.A. Knight got to, you know, cut promos and stuff. But Lord knows that damn uh, Mountain Dew match, that didn't help L.A. Knight at all. The Mountain Dew match itself. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, that's, but I mean, but I think that is the kind of the problem with uh, The Fiend or Bray Wyatt or whatever this thing is. It's not that his concept is bad. It's just not a wrestling concept. Mm-hmm. It's not something that can be resolved in the parameters of wrestling. You need to shoot the fiend with a silver bullet or whatever. You need garlic and 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 like unicorn hair um, in, in some kind of broth to kill him. Not a three count or a disqualification or yeah. submission. It doesn't it doesn't jive with with what the the whole point of it is. No matter what these storylines is, they're supposed to be framed in a way where you ended in the ring. And with The Fiend and the Firefly Funhouse and stuff like that, they've done the cinematic cinematic match with, with him and John Cena, but it would have to be that every time. Right. And that would kind of segregate the 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 uh the product where you have this goofy subsection of of the product and that the fiend's world is the fiend's world and people just enter it and leave or whatever. Right. And the That's rest of the stuff is a traditional wrestling. Yeah, that's what it would have to be. It'd have to be its own separate like area or so, realm. So you know what it is. Things. It's itchy and scratchy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and again, you know, I'm old, so bear with me, kids. But The Simpsons is a good show, and and it has and it is what it is. It's a it's a comedy, and, and there's all these other you know thematic uh, elements to it. And then for one segment, is the most violent thing that they could probably muster legally. Uh, at least back in the older, earlier seasons, with Itchy and Scratchy, which is a three-minute segment of that's Tom and Jerry on crack. Right. Mixed with, with ketamine and fentanyl. The shit is bananas. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the episode. But there's... It, but it's a, it's a quick... It's a segment inside of the universe. And that's what Bray Wyatt is. He's a segment inside of the universe that is slowly... Well, actually, more aggressively separating himself from WWE with these matches. Yeah, and the then... only thing I, the only thing I had thought of recently with the idea of like keeping him like a separate thing like that would mm-hmm. be because we've had we've had the Mountain Dew match now. 
Right. And there was the talk about, you know, cinnamon toast crunch thing or something for WrestleMania so far. Nothing's happening with that that we've seen. But there was talk of more corporate tie-ins. And they've done the, the zombie thing they did with Netflix or something a year or so ago back during quarantine and all this. So, like, as they've done these corporate tie-ins, the only thing I thought of was, like, you know, maybe you make Bray your corporate tie-in guy where you can do these cinematic things with him that you tie the corporate tie-ins to in a way where it can be a creative different thing. And that's like its own kind of thing. But even with that, it's like, I'm sure, I, I mean, how, how are you going to tie cinnamon toast crunch in, into Bray Wyatt in, in a way that just, I don't know, that would work. I, I guess let's see like Firefly Funhouse with it or something, but I, I think it would only work with certain, you know, products but i mean i guess they got they found a way to do mountain dew pitch black so well, well i, I mean, guess well, if, if the guy's a creative genius that people make him out to be you assign him the deal like hey here's the product we need to come up with a way to do this snap to it i think that um the fiend or whatever the hell that is that supernatural side um i think you have to kill it like you have to in, in storyline in canon uh bring in Bring in the Deacon Batista and the preacher Reverend Devon and let them team up and exercise, exercise it <laughs> and exercise the fiend. And, and we're just left with um you know Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, you know, doing their thing. And you can make it cinematic. Hell, I think you can animate a match, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if, if why they, not? Yeah, sure. Do it all. But and the only reason why I say that is because they did it for the hockey game or the caps game on Wednesday where they animated it and put it on the Disney Channel Live. That was <laughs> nuts. But there's so many creative things. But honestly, I don't see where The Fiend fits in the wrestling sphere. And you could say, well, that's dumb. They did it for several years now. Yeah. And it really didn't work then because it didn't help anybody. It didn't give me a reason to go. It got old quickly. So I think that we need to see Bray Wyatt, the wrestler, become the wrestler um, again, and the fiend gets buried out back, and maybe that was his plan originally. But you know, whatever he had didn't hit, and Triple H said, "No, we got to go back to where it works." And then what works is the Mountain Dew match, which is the most WWE match that they could probably muster. Between that, and we got Uncle we, Howdy. Yeah, we also got to think of what we have here. You know, <laughs> if the Mountain uh, Dew match isn't the most WWE thing you'll see this year, I don't know what is. Yeah, well, we'll see. Now, if he's still tied into WrestleMania, I figure we get, we're gonna have to find out either tomorrow night on SmackDown or maybe next by next Monday if he's actually gonna be involved in WrestleMania or not, and if this Lashley match is still happening. Yeah. So, rumor is it's supposed to be, but like I said, until I see him in yeah. person, not just in a video, I'm kind of at this point. I'm kind of like something's up, something's yeah. up, but we don't know what. So. We will see enough about Bray Wyatt. Stay tuned, as always, folks. And I guess this leads to, as we talk about the idea of, you know, what's happening on TV and more TV and all this, we have rumors now of impending more television for AEW. And right. the talk going around was that AEW and uh, WB Discovery were uh, finalizing a deal for another hour of AEW television, rumored to be on Saturdays, and supposedly definitely for an in-ring show, not another behind-the-scenes thing, not another reality show like the Owl Access thing that has yet to debut. Right. But talk about another in-ring show for AEW that would supposedly take place on Saturday. So this would leave us with the two hours of Dynamite, the hour of Rampage on Friday, and then now another show that supposedly would be on TBS on Saturday, that would be an, an hour long. And of course, you still have all your YouTube stuff and all that. First thing that jumps out at me is just the, the, the easiest question. Is there a need for another hour of AEW television at this point? Uh, the short answer is yes with a but. And the but is yes, there is a need for another hour. But it needs to be expanded in, into Rampage. Um, okay. Because... There is no real reason to watch Rampage, and a lot of the focus has been taken off that anyway. Uh, the Rampage is probably the best version of Dark there is because a lot of the matches are thematically relevant to what's happening on the Dynamite, but you're not missing anything by not watching anything else but Dynamite. Um, 
there, you know, other than the rampage before a pay-per-view, should you make that a part of your appointment television, eh, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be a thing. And Rampage is coming on at 1130 Eastern uh, tonight because of college basketball cover uh, tomorrow because of college basketball coverage. So if it's like staying up until 1230 to watch four matches or not doing that, I'm going to be asleep. <laughs> well, I'm going to be watching TJ uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. But the point is, is that Rampage doesn't factor in. And there's no real need or want to watch it. Now, the re- the question is, is that let's say this thing is Saturday, 6.05, that, that, oh, that WCW slot. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Saturday pay-per-views? Will they do 6.05 to 7 for the regular show? Will they do the pre-show from 7 to 8 on YouTube and then the pay-per-view at 8? Will this show be taped? Uh, because they try to do things in the same city as a pay-per-view to make it like a weekend event. Uh-huh. So how does that work out with, um, because if Rampage is live and they usually try to do a live Rampage on the, the day of the show. And the only reason why Double or Nothing isn't doing that is because they have to move some things around. But with a Saturday show on a pay-per-view, which can be on Saturday, I wonder if they'll still keep that. Hopefully, they just make the pay-per-view, the pre-show, kind of like Sunday Night Heat, and right. they move the pay-per-view up to 7. Because if you're going to have a four-hour-long show, or these shows are going to run to midnight, move it up to 7 o'clock. You're not hurting exactly. anybody doing that. Exactly. That's how WCW used to do it. Yeah. They used to have WCW main event at 6 on TBS, right. and when they, their pay-per-views always started at 7. So they just had that first hour, that week of main event would be like, hey, we're live at the building Here's some pre-show right. matches, and you know that that's what we're showing on here, hyping up the show. Get your last-minute buys in before the show goes on at seven o'clock. That's how they used to do it. Hell, as long as these AEW pay-per-views are hell, if you're gonna do it that way, if you happen to have a Saturday right. date, a lot of them been Sunday lately. But if you have a Saturday date, absolutely start it at seven and let folks let it wrap up earlier, now, please. Right <laughs> now, uh, I think that they're probably going to go with Sundays more times than not because of the fact that they're afraid of the UFC. Um, you know, but then again, college that's all football the, probably and yeah. college football. Well, you know, college football, yeah. But there, but there are more games. Uh, you know, everybody's going to watch UFC at that time because it's it's the UFC and it's on right then. Uh, college football is relevant to the station that it's on, the team that's playing, and a number and the time the game starts. And the UFC main event doesn't start till eleven anyway. So, move the paper up to seven o'clock. Um, you don't have to worry about you know, competing with the UFC undercard. For real. But if they do that, and and granted, we're only talking about four times a year. uh, So the other 48 weeks out of the year on a Saturday, I wonder why they chose to invoke a new show instead Mm -hmm. of bringing Ring of Honor to TV or the women's show that Khan's been trying to get off the ground that, you know, obviously hasn't because it hasn't been announced yet. Why not extend it to Rampage? Why not move Rampage to seven, um, six or five on Saturday? Get, get Rampage off of Fridays. Get it off, off of Friday. Late night Fridays. Because Lord knows. Get it off of late night. Basic, the biggest thing that jumped out at me right away is like, if you can't get people to watch Rampage, because I mean, let, let's just out say it. Rampage has not been a destination viewing show for a since long time. Now. the beginning. Yeah. It's been a long time since that show has truly mattered. And the ratings these days for it reflect it. it it's no secret. Rampage is not doing well. Well, so and and to be to be fair though, it's not doing well in the scope of wrestling in general. It is doing well for TNT because there is nothing to compete with it against. And on Friday at ten o'clock, right? It's like, given the time slot, it's so, doing good for the time slot, but overall, it's not doing well. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> with a lot of caveats. If you got to make that many caveats, it's like yeah. okay, it is. Right. It is what it is. But yeah. Saturday when it's on earlier when it's on like at seven o'clock sometimes on Fridays it does better so if you had it on Saturday at 605 or whatever it's going to be or Saturdays in, in the afternoon or something I mean you would right. at an earlier time it's got to do better but yeah why not just make it rampage or make rampage two hours I'm not sure the benefit of having one hour of Rampage that no one's barely watching on Fridays and another random hour on Saturday. And what are you going to do to get this hour on Saturday to stand out to get people to, you know, to, and, to invest? And, and that's kind of the thing of why I don't think Rampage should move from Friday to Saturday. Because if you're asking me to choose between, uh, for example, the XFL right now, which is only going to be mm-hmm. a thing for a few more weeks, 
or the Saturday night game, a baseball game on, on Fox um, or the UFC, uh, which is like a multi-hour long event, even though the main event isn't until late, um, then those things could lose out against. And also Saturday night, their target audience is 18 to 34. If you're 18 to 34 and you're home on a Saturday night, I hope you're studying. But, <laughs> it, you know, but the large majority of that crowd may be out of the house, especially during the um, the summer months. So, you know, six months out of the year, you're fighting a, a lot. You're pushing that boulder uphill a lot harder than you would be on that. And God forbid breaking news happens, um, then you're SOL anyway. That's just a hurricane that's going to come through and ruin And between everything. baseball and uh, basketball, they're going to be preempted that time of day. Right. So baseball, um, uh, Fox has a Saturday night baseball game. The XFL is on Saturday nights for what it's worth. That is another thing for people. And the ratings will get better. Um, in, 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 this, in the winter, you have college basketball on Saturdays. And then you have college football on Saturday nights. Um, and then, of course, the UFC is a thing almost every Saturday, if not every Saturday. Uh, you know, so these are the things that you're going to have to contend with. Whereas Friday, not so much. Yeah, there's NBA games. There's not a national baseball game. There's not a national hockey game on Friday. Uh, Friday makes sense. Make it seven o'clock. I mean, rampage from seven to nine is a much easier sell for me than rampage from 10 to 11. Oh, no doubt. And if no you're doubt. saying, well, well, what about SmackDown? Fuck SmackDown. It's business. <laughs> Make a better show. This isn't about competition. This is about business. And to, and to be honest with you, the metrics for TNT and the metrics of Fox are not the same thing. Two million people are not watching TNT at any given point in time. No, and, Unless they're and the watching idea, the NBA. And the idea that people were going to watch SmackDown and then flip over to to Rampage, has been, we, we, it's been long enough now that we know that that That's, didn't that happen. Happened. People don't there, do that. There's very the people that are watching the Between people that are watching audience. SmackDown, when it's done, they're out. They're right. done. That's because the rest of the night. Because it's 10 o'clock. It's time to go to bed. You know, it's <laughs> it, it, the 10 o'clock news is coming on immediately after SmackDown. It's time to wind down and go to Nope, we have another hour left. Up. No, no, I'm not doing that. And then for what? Because it's not like the card has been spectacular. Uh, you know, and, and then also, if you are intrepid enough and want to read the spoilers, there is that too. You know, SmackDown has the benefit of being live and things are inferred, but not necessarily spoiled. So, yeah, Rampage has a lot less going for it than, than other shows. And I'm not even saying make it live. But, but yeah, I, I do think a Friday night, 7 o'clock, would be a much easier sell um, than it would if it but then since uh, Friday at 10. And Earlier's I really always going to be better. Yeah, and I'm I'm really surprised that they're going to uh, kind of shoehorn in another. Where are they going to tape it? Well, that's what I was wondering. People were talking about, you know, uh, I think it's, I'm like, yeah, I can't see it being live. I would think it'd be another deal like those ROH tapings where they tape like a whole month of it, like at once, probably. Probably you can't Universal. tell stories that way. I mean, you, you I can't unless tell they're just taping it. Unless they're just taping it before Dynamite, like they do with Rampage. You well, know, that's, they do that that's deal. part of the problem. So Dynamite uh, airs at eight Eastern. They tape Elevation in the 45 minutes before uh, Dynamite happens. And then they tape Rampage in the you know 50 minutes after Dynamite airs. So you have a four-hour event already. Now, they don't have to be married to the idea that Rampage is going to, uh, or that um, Elevation is going to precede Dynamite. Okay, cool. But then you're going to tape a show that airs after Dynamite? And the airs before Dynamite, which better not have any implications on the show that you're about to watch. Right. See, right, right there, it's gonna like implicate that. Right there is gonna handicap the show because they can't do anything crazy on it. They can't that, do anything so, crazy on it for because it's gonna be taped before Dynamite. Yeah, which that, is why Elevation doesn't really matter. It's just matches. Yeah. Elevation would have to probably be moved and be it gets own separate taping. Probably is what would end up happening. I wish. Yeah, logistically, there's a lot of issues they got to figure out. Right. Which, and also logistically, I think it makes more sense to either, uh, if they tape the two shows, I think you just run two shows a week. Uh, you, you And they didn't. And I was there in Toronto when they did Dynamite and they did that normal taping. And then on Thursday, they taped Rampage and had a, an extra long dark. Um, yes, Rampage was still taped. It is what it is. But the Wednesday, Thursday show may be easier to book. Uh, an arena for 
then Wednesday, day off Friday. Why yeah. would you book a three-day event for two shows? So yeah, you do the Thursday taping with Ramp Rampage and then and, whatever the and, new show and is. And Saturday show. Yeah. That's Rampage, probably, Saturday show, and dark. Yeah. That's probably what the way they'd have to do it. That would make the most sense. I I think and they've done that before because they've done Battle on the Belts in the same building where they've done uh Dark Rampage Live, Battle on the Belts Live God, immediately. I didn't even think and I didn't even think of that. In some weeks you'd also have Battle of the Belts in there. That's a lot of TV. It's yeah, like they, they have the roster for it, but it's just doing it in a way that's actually compelling. And it's not just oh, we're just throwing on some more matches. Right. You know, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. We're at our hour. Yeah, we, uh, go, man. We, 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 we flew through this. We had some stuff in our back pocket, but hey, we can always save it for next week. So, folks, your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, Thursday nights live, 8 p.m. right here on all kinds of platforms, YouTube, Twitch, on the Twitter machine, all kinds of things like that. We're everywhere it can be found, 8 p.m., live streaming and then the next day the show drops in podcast format on all your favorite podcast platforms you want to check out biggoldbelt.com for all your entertainment wrestling needs comic-con coverage movie reviews all kinds of stuff the team is on it there was just the two of us today hopefully we'll have more of the crew back next week but everyone's busy doing tv show reviews all kinds of stuff all of it can be found at biggoldbelt.com and of course at biggoldbelt on all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz, folks. Thanks for tuning in. It's been fun. Wrestling's crazy this time of year. We're on the road to WrestleMania and all that. So stick around. Join us every Thursday night, and we'll keep track of all this stuff together, and we will talk to you next week. What I really need.